God, we do come before you this morning asking your fire to fall on this place. Just as Elijah called on you and your fire fell, burned up all the wood that had been soaked by waters, buckets and buckets and buckets of waters, burned up the rocks of the altar, burned up the ground itself. When your fire falls, Lord, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that you have been in our presence and that we have experienced you. So come, Holy Spirit, fall on this place. Bring whatever it is you want to bring. We need you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. couple of things. You received a CD when you came in today. Isn't this nice? We are so nice to you folks. <laughs> this is a CD from Vineyard that has some of their... Um, their songs over the past, gosh, I guess maybe 20 years. Um, some new ones, some older ones. Uh, just a smattering for you. Great worship songs that you can stick into your car player or your computer at home and, and spend some time in meditation, in worship even. Uh, this, this is your gift. We're going to start giving this to all the first-time guests that come, too. Uh, again, this music, some of this we sing, so it's familiar to you. <clears throat> but we want everybody to be familiar with it as well. Alpha for Prisons. Wow. Alpha for Prisons is my 41st Alpha course that I've done. And I told the guys on the ride back from Conway yesterday that for the first time I feel like we're doing Alpha. We're honestly doing Alpha like it's supposed to be done. We started out with 15 young men. One of the pods over there. It's now up to 22 men that are in that pod, and they all come. We didn't know a one of them when we went in, and they're like brothers now, sons and brothers. We had our Holy Spirit weekend, Friday night and Saturday. You know, we normally go away for the Holy Spirit weekend, and they were really looking forward to that. <laughs> but um, we had to put the nicks on, on that, I guess. But in a very real sense, they went away yesterday. <laughs> uh, what I discovered is that people, people that are in prison can sometimes be much more free than you are sitting here on Sunday morning. There was freedom yesterday, reigning supreme in that place. I want to thank um, um, Tony Tipton for kind of lining up. We've been praying about doing prison alpha since before we ever planted Renovation Church. And things just weren't working out. They weren't, nothing was happening. Well, Tony's, Tony's a Gideon, and... So he had his foot in the door over there and knew the people that we needed to get to know and talked to them a little bit about our coming. They had never heard of Alpha, but when they started checking, found out that, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. We, ought, we maybe ought to try it. I want to thank Tony. I want to thank Ed Tipton, Andy, um, Gladys, and Marty. Tipton and Suzanne has joined the, the, the ladies that cook 
and bring breakfast over every Friday morning about 7 o'clock. We are over there at uh, 7.30 in the morning on Fridays. Brought lunch yesterday. Uh, we just never know what to expect. We can get locked out at any point. But uh, the Lord's been good to us so far. We had two professions of faith. We had at least four people that we know of that made serious recommitments to the Lord. We had one, possibly two, miraculous healings. And I don't know, it goes on and on and on. All sorts of relationships. Uh, restored all sorts of forgiveness given up unforgiveness I'm sorry given up we want to thank John and um, Eric for coming over yesterday and doing music they had never done music over there before Um, certainly they weren't expecting any live music and they carried stuff over there and set up and Man, it was a worship experience that we had with them yesterday. So thank you as a church for supporting us. Obviously, the people going to prison ministry don't, don't put anything into prison ministry. You know, when, when you, when you uh, prison alpha, I mean, when you come to uh, uh, alpha, um, you know, you kind of help with the meals, you know, drop a little money in the pot once in a while and... Uh, We do all this for them out of our missions budget. What could we better spend our missions budget for than to reach out to some of these guys who really need it? You're going to see some of these young men show up here at this church. And I hope we have an opportunity to introduce you to them because we've got some great young men that are in that church. group of guys that we minister to continue to pray for us we have five more weeks we may even do six weeks we have five more weeks with them they're already asking where are you going to leave after five weeks i mean there there truly is a bond of of friendship and love that has developed and uh, we want to maintain that Something like 75% of the guys that go through this particular program over there don't return to crime. Whereas 75% of the ones that are in the big building across the street go right back out on the streets and do the same or worse. So this program, not, not just Alpha, but the program that they, they're in is, is working. We hope to have some testimonies for you before all this is done of, of what Alpha has meant to them. So keep your eyes and your ears open. You're going to hear more about Prison Alpha to come. Most of you are aware that um, we, um, as, a, as a board, as a staff, have been looking for well over a year. Honestly, I've been looking at it since before the church planted the opportunity that we have to uh, join the Vineyard Association of Churches. They have been courting us for years. And uh, we decided, after much prayer and discussion, that now was the time to do that. Now was the time to join the Vineyard Association of Churches. Um, You've heard that around here. You hear me saying Renovation Vineyard Church and not just Renovation Church. It's almost a done deal. I I understand the national director was to sign the paperwork uh, Friday, and I've been tied up, so I I don't know whether he actually got it done or not, but I would assume that he did. There was no, no, uh, nothing in the way. So we are now Renovation Vineyard Church. That means that for you, that nothing's going to (laughs) change. But that means that everything's going to change. 
That sounds like a paradox, but it's very true. Our values are the same. Our values are the same values that Vineyard has. We've decided over the next five weeks or so, taking us right up to Easter, that we'll spend some time looking at our values as Renovation Church and showing you how that just plugs in seamlessly into the Vineyard family. So as we look at renovation values, understand that we're also talking about Vineyard Church values. We're, we're very pleased. We're very excited. We're honored to be a part of that group of churches. We are a huge Vineyard Church, let me tell you. In our region... Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, that's the region that we're in. We are the fourth largest vineyard church in that region. Wow. Most are home churches. Most are 25 people or less. So they have a lot to offer us. We have a lot to offer them. But let's find out what all this is about. Uh, Five reasons over the next week that renovation fits into the vineyard family and the first reason this week is renovation vineyard church is about people we've always been about people here the key verse that i want to take you to is first peter chapter 2 verses 9 through 10 and this is from the new living translation the scriptures will be on the screen uh if you don't have a bible and you would love to follow along we have bibles up here at the front but i do hope you will follow along in whatever version that you have with the many scriptures that we're going to look at today we'll go fast but i'll try to uh help you there first peter is found toward the end of the bible if you go to revelation and kind of back up a couple of chapters four or five chapters you'll find first peter chapter two uh verses nine through ten You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy... Now you have received God's mercy. What a powerful bit of Scripture. I wish we had time to break that down word by word. There's so much there. But the first thing is we're a people, we're about people who belong to God. We've always said we want people to belong before they believe here at Renovation Church. That's what we've done with these prisoners in the Alpha Course. We've made them feel like they belong, and now they're coming along to start believing. We think that belonging comes before believing in most people. We want to feel safe. We want to feel accepted. We want to feel that people care and love us, care about us and love us. So we're about people. We're about people who belong to God. And you, each one of you sitting here who professes faith in Jesus Christ, you, you were chosen. That's what the Scripture says. You were chosen before the foundation of the earth. You were chosen. Now, we think we play a real big part in this. But do we? This says we were chosen. There's other scriptures that say we were chosen. It's a gift from God. We have no part in it at all. It's all His work. Why? Because if we tried to get involved in it, we get puffed up and proud about it. It's all His work. And we're called. Wow, what does that called mean? Pastors are called. Missionaries are called. 
What does it mean to be called? I think every one of you is called. It says here in this scripture, He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. He called you. He reached out to you and called you. He gave you a calling. And when we talk about what is the meaning of life, what's the purpose of life, or you know, whatever word we want to use, I think what we really want to know is what's my calling? What am I supposed to do? It says also you have received God's mercy. You have received mercy. Once you had no mercy at all. No mercy. But God chose you and was merciful to you. What does mercy mean? Mercy means that you don't get what you deserve. What we deserve is death for our sin. But he gives us eternal life. And finally, when you take that passage as a whole, if I think about the great Reverend Jesse Jackson, it says you are somebody. You really are somebody. Some of you think you're worthless. Some of you think that you're certified crazy lunatics. You're not. You're somebody. You're, this says you're somebody. You're so important that God called you and chose you, showed mercy to you, called you out of the darkness that you lived in into his wonderful life. So that begs a question from us, and that question is, do you, sitting here today, in wherever this is, we keep arguing about where this is, it's longs, I think, on the map. It's still Little River to me. Sitting here this morning in 2015, do you belong to God? Do you? And if you don't, would you like to? We have a simple prayer that we use in Alpha. You've heard it a thousand times here. Sorry, thank you, please. And I've written it in your, uh, in your uh, handout. And I want to pray that with you. You can read along. You don't have to read it out loud. You can, you can think about these words in your heart. But maybe today you would like to pray this prayer to him. God, I'm sorry for the things in my life that have been wrong. For the things I have done that, that I know I should not have done. For the things that you asked me to do, and I didn't do them. I now turn away from everything that I know is wrong. And I receive your gift of forgiveness. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for dying in my place for all of those things and more. Thank you for paying the penalty for my sins and purchasing a place for me in heaven. I put my trust in what you did on the cross for me. And please come, Holy Spirit, and fill me. Give me the strength to lead the kind of life that deep down I'm longing to lead. I'm desperate for your help. I can't do this alone. I don't want to do this alone anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We had some guys yesterday that prayed that prayer with us. And today, they're in the kingdom. <laughs> they're part of the kingdom. I hope that has happened to one, two, half dozen of you this morning. We want to hear about it. I want to hear about that at the close of the service. The second thing 
We're about is people who show God's goodness. We're about people who show God's goodness. How? We tell others what God has done for you. Tell other people what he's done for you. How many times have I said, you have a story to tell? And the story is, hey, I once was like this, and now I'm like this, and Jesus made the difference. That was the dividing point. I once was this, now I'm this, and it's because of Jesus that I'm this way. Tell other people that. They may, you may have some smart aleck that's going to argue with this book and say, this isn't true. How can this be true? You can't believe this. It's, it's old stuff, and it could have changed. And They can't argue with your story. Maybe they knew you before, and they know you now, and they can see the difference in you. Tell others what God has done for you, and then show others what God can do for them. You can show them. You can pray for them. You can pray with them. It's amazing how your atheist friends will come to you when there's a problem in their lives. Would you pray for me? (laughs) They don't even believe in God, but they want you to pray for them. They know that something is different. The big idea for today is this. The vineyard, and of course... Renovation Vineyard Church is a movement of people that God has invited to join his mission. The vineyard is a movement of people that God has invited. Say, come on, come along, be a part of this to join his mission. What's his mission? Well, Jesus told us what his mission was. A number of places in Scripture, but the one that falls open right here in my Bible is in Matthew chapter 4. Verse 23, which says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. What did he do? He was proclaiming and he was demonstrating. He was proclaiming God's word, the good news of the kingdom of God. He was demonstrating the power of of the Spirit through healing, uh, diseases and sicknesses, everything else among people. And, and these aren't just physical things. These could be spiritual, emotional, mental, uh, relational sicknesses that we have. Thirdly, we are a people of the kingdom of God who do five things. We do five things. The first is we partner with the Holy Spirit. Renovation Vineyard Church, the Renovation the Vineyard Association of Churches, partner with the Holy Spirit. We don't just give lip service to the Holy Spirit. We partner with Him. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature, nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Notice it says... And, and there's this confusion a lot of times between fruit of the Spirit and spiritual gifts. Notice this says, the fruit of the Spirit is. It doesn't say, the fruits of the Spirit are. The fruit of the Spirit is. What does that mean? Why is that important? Why is it written that way? Because... The fruit of the Spirit in you and me is going to be all of these things. Not one or two. All of these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we are truly living in the Spirit, we're going to exhibit the fruit 
of the Spirit. Romans 12, 1 through 8. Oh, by the way, there's a blank on your sheet there. Uh, The question that you could ask is, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do in me? I want to exhibit, he says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And for many of us, when those things begin to be exhibited, we know that we are different people. We know that we couldn't do that by ourselves. The Spirit has to be working within us. We don't have patience. Be careful about praying for patience. We don't have patience on our own. The Spirit gives us patience. The second verse, the second scripture is Romans 12, 1 through 8. And the question, if you want to go ahead and fill that out, is what do you want to do with me, God? What do you want to do with me? Well, this is what God says. Therefore, what Paul says, uh, but it's what God wants. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Oh, we come in here on a morning, Sunday morning when the time's changed, and and we have a little offering in our pockets, and we bring our Bibles with us, and, and I have a handout, and I'm filling this thing, and I sang the songs. Man, I'm doing it, ain't I? No. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Offer all of yourself. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. So many of us, so many of us want to live this life with one foot in the world and the other foot in the kingdom. And on Sundays, we lean a little more to the kingdom. And the rest of the time, I don't want to have much, I don't want people even to know that I have a foot in the kingdom. I want to live my life in the world. I'm having a great time over here. He wants, to, wants us to offer our entire beings, everything you are, as a living sacrifice to him, holy and pleasing. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Verse 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves, yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given to you. We think way too much of ourselves, don't we? Verse 4, Just as each of us has one body and many members, I have a, hand on each side here, a leg on each side, five toes, five fingers, ears, eyes, nose, mouth. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have, all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Those of you that have been through Alpha are familiar with a little card that we hand out that shows to you the the four places in Scripture where we commonly look to find out what the spiritual gifts are. 
Not the fruit of the Spirit. The spiritual gifts are. There's great teaching on this. On this, chapter 4 through uh, 8, in the Alpha Weekend. Uh, If you haven't been a part of that, you can sign up for this next one coming along. We'd love to have you. And some of this uh, comes into better understanding. I'm the pastor, but I don't have all these gifts. I mean, think about it. If I had all these gifts, what would I need you for? If any one of you has all these gifts, then the rest of the people would be redundant, you know? But I know, I know that I know that I know that when we planted this church, God brought to this place people who have every last one of the gifts that are listed on this card. If I look out here, I may not know your spiritual gift. You you may not even know your spiritual gift. But I'm convinced that God has brought you here. You didn't choose this church. God chose this church for you. And he gifted you with something so that you could use it. Not so you're going to sit there on it on Sunday mornings, but so you can use it. Why? Not to show off but to build up the church, to make the church complete. We can't be complete without each one of you. Do you get that? That's really important. Any more than my body is complete if I have an arm that's cut off or three toes that are cut off. I'm not complete. But you... Complete the body for Christ here in this local uh, church. Our mission, therefore, involves praying and finding power from God himself to accomplish what humans could never accomplish on their own. We can't do this by ourselves. We have to depend on the Holy Spirit. We pray for the sick. We, we confront injustice when we see injustice. We seek to hear the voice of God why? On behalf of other people. Oh, selfishly, we want to hear the voice of God. So I know what to do. But God's a whole lot more likely to talk to you concerning other people. Because the gift is given to build up others, not to build up one's self. This involves a partnership with a person, the third person of the Trinity, that person beyond ourselves known as the Holy Spirit. That's why I say every week, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We can't do this without you. We're just a group of people who kind of like one another. But when you come, we become something supernatural we become a complete whole person we're a people of of the kingdom of God who number two practice the presence of God who practice the presence of God I guess we could say who worship worship God we practice his presence we want his presence Once you've tasted that, there's nothing like it. Once you've felt the presence of God in your life, you don't want to go away from that. Moses said, I'm not going to leave this place unless your spirit goes with me. I'm staying here if you're not going to go with me. We looked at this verse when we did the silent cards a couple of weeks ago, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Listen. Know that I am God. And 1 Samuel 3, verses 9 through 10, is the story of Samuel being called, <coughs> called by God to be a prophet. 
little boy in another part of the temple. Eli's the the priest and and Samuel wakes up because he thinks he hears Eli calling him. And he does it three times, I think it is. I'd have to go back and read. Three times and and each time he runs into Eli and says, What do you want? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Oh, I thought it was you. Go back to bed. Go back go back to sleep. And then in verse 9 it says, So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And a couple of weeks ago, I challenged you to listen, to be quiet, and just listen. You can even say that. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What do you want to tell me? You could do it this way. Take 15 minutes to be silent. Ah, uh, 15 minutes? Yeah, 15 minutes. You can shut your mouth for 15 minutes. If you can't see me, I've got duct tape. 15 minutes, silent. Listen for God to speak. And then do it again. And then do it again. Worshiping and experiencing God goes far beyond singing songs. We love the songs. They help to usher us into worship. In every moment of our lives, we seek to live in the presence of the Lord. We want His presence. Palpably among us we are a people of the kingdom of God who number three restore a relationship restore a relationship and I thought about that place that we looked at in Matthew where um, the, the big honchos the Pharisees came to Jesus and said okay What's the greatest commandment? What do you think the greatest commandment is? And Jesus answered him and said, The first commandment is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he says, Love God and love others. Love God, love others. That's the greatest commandment. Love God, love others. Both. They're both coupled in there together. So the first scripture I have here is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. Restore a relationship with God. 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We should live for Christ. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. You see that? We had no part in it. He reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of, of reconciliation we are therefore Christ's ambassadors 
as though God were making his appeal through us. See, an ambassador, at least this used to be the way. I don't know how they do this thing anymore. An ambassador used to speak only what the president of the United States told them to speak. They didn't speak anything on their own. They had to clear everything with the president before they said it. So we have to clear everything with Christ. And our message is a message of reconciliation. Uh, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Reconcile yourself, restore your relationship with God. Secondly, restore your relationship with another person. Matthew 5, this is from the Sermon on the Mount teaching that Jesus did. Matthew 5, verse 21. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Verse 23, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. If you've come in here today with something against somebody out there and you want to worship and you want to give your offering, you want to be a part of communion, you want to be a part of the prayer, you need to make that right first. Make that right with that person first. Did you know that God doesn't have to accept your worship? There is unacceptable worship. Ask Cain and Abel. They found out. He doesn't have to accept our worship unless it's given in the right motive, in the right frame of mind, as worthy people, as people that have reconciled their differences with, with others. The Bible tells the story of what we call in theology the fall. The fall. This is the moment when humans rebelled against God and chose their own way over and against the will of God. The result of the fall was isolation and alienation. That's where we found ourselves you and me, isolated and alienated. And self-centered creatures care more for themselves than they care about God. They care more for themselves than they care about other people. They care more for themselves than they care about God's creation. But the decoration of the kingdom of God is an act of profound reconciliation, bringing people back to God and into a relationship with each other. Love God, love others. We are a people of the kingdom of God who show kindness to a stranger. Matthew 25, 34. We show kindness to the least, to the last, to the lost. Jesus is telling this story and he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? (coughs) Verse 40, the king will reply. I tell you the truth. 
whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine you did for me show mercy and kindness to a stranger and the second scripture is very simple from the sermon on the mount from the beatitudes actually Matthew 5 7 Jesus said blessed are the merciful why because they will be shown mercy it's a promise there's this profound place in the story of Jesus we look at the the grand scheme of things where where a crowd is gathered to see his ministry the healing and the miracles that he did and the profound wisdom that he offered them in teaching and it says that Jesus looked out at the crowd and had compassion on them like sheep without a shepherd and then he commissioned his disciples to minister to those people see compassion I think it's a misunderstood word compassion is not about pitying people rather compassion is seeing people in their difficult circumstances complicated life situations and believing that God is able to use his people to minister hope and healing to them. That's compassion. We are a people of the kingdom of God who, in the fifth place, make friends with a neighbor. Make friends with a neighbor. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. One of Paul's circular writings here that uh, I remember having to do this in Greek class and this was, this one was <laughs> was fun though I am free and belong to no man I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible to the Jew I became like a Jew to win the Jews to those under the law I became like one under the law though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law to those not having the law I became like one not having the law though I am not free for God's law from God's law but am under Christ's law so as to win those not having the law go back and read this and it's going to make a whole lot more sense to the weak I became weak to win the weak I have become all things here it is here's the importance I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings make friends with a neighbor and the B part there is make friends with somebody different could you dare to step out of your comfort zone and talk to somebody in prison? Somebody that looks different than you do? Somebody in another country that you want to take the gospel to? Would you dare to do that? Most people don't like change whether it's food or sports or music or clothing or the church, people tend to try to keep things the way they are. We just just like things the way they are. Don't, Don't mess with this. I like this. That's why we don't like getting up an hour earlier on this Sunday. But the message of the kingdom was intended by Jesus to extend from culture to culture from generation to generation. And and this means that while our core values and beliefs don't change, the form in which they are expressed will change. Indeed, they have to change. They must change from one country to another country, from one decade to the next decade. We can't be culturally relevant if we stay exactly how we are. If we want to be culturally relevant with this message that we have that's so important, 
we have to do things a little differently than we did 20 years ago. We can't. We can't. Make no mistake, the kingdom of God can be expressed through casualness or formality. I can wear jeans or I could wear my robe. That would be a treat, wouldn't it? <laughs> through rock music or gregarian chants, through big churches or through house groups. The key for us is to stay true to the mission of God and to let God show us how His glory can be expressed in each new context that He puts us in. And the Association of Vineyard Churches and Renovation Vineyard Church is that movement of people that God has initiated and invited among many others. There's all kinds of churches in our community to join his mission to advance his kingdom in this time in other words we're the recipients of and we are the participants in God's grace and his mercy we are a people who have responded to their invitation to join God's mission why why would we do this for the greater glory for his greater glory and for the well-being of people all around us we are called into being as worshipers and Christ followers grateful and and humbled by God's inclusion of people like us why would God use us I mean look at us we have received much from God in relation to His presence, in relation to His power, in relation to His favor, in relation to His fruit. God, you see, has always had a people. Always, throughout time. We are that people. And despite our penchant for viewing ourselves as some innovators in this 21st century. We're doing this thing a different way now. We must realize that we aren't as cutting edge as we think we are. Instead of blazing trails with our faith, we've taken the torch that's been passed down to us from generation to generation to generation. We're a family of torchbearers. And may those who come behind us find us faithful. Jonathan Edwards said, find out what God is, the great uh, evangelist in America, find out what God is doing in your generation and fling yourself into it. Find out what he's doing. Who was it? Blackaby, William Blackaby, Henry Blackaby said, uh, uh, find out where God's working and join him. He was paraphrasing Jonathan Edwards. Find out what God is doing in our generation and fling yourself into it. We at Renovation Vineyard Church have a very unique opportunity. Not many churches have this opportunity to pass on a healthy example of what it means to be the church to another generation. And with God's help, and only with God's help, we're going to stay flexible and pliable in whatever is negotiable, and we're going to stay the course in our main and plain divine assignment to be worshipers of God and to be rescuers of the people around us. You want to be a part of that? Hello. Do you want to be a part of that? Yeah. I think that'll be a ride, don't you? I think it'll be fun. Be a trip. If you can see one life changed, oh my gosh, you're going to be so different. If you only had the experience we had this weekend to see countless 
not countless, a, a half dozen, dozen lives changed. Man, it wants you, makes you want to do it all the time. So here's your commitment on the back of your sheet. This week, with God's help, I will. What are you going to do? There's five things there so that you can join in his mission. Which one of those things? Don't write them all down. I'm going to do these. He has talked to you while I've been talking up here. And there's one that really jumps off the page for you. Write that down and commit to do that this week. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of this work that you're doing. We thank you for choosing us and calling us and, and showing us your mercy. Put us in situations, Lord, where we can show compassion, where we can tell others our story in order to build them up, not to make ourselves look good, but to build them up. And God, I just wait with anticipation to see how you're going to be working in this body of believers that we call Renovation Vineyard Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, friends, this is my body. And it's broken for you. And he took a cup after the meal and poured wine in, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood that's poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. He said, As often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, you remember my death until I come. And in remembering his death, you have to remember God's love. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and for me. And my greatest hope today is that not a one of you leaves here without knowing that God loves you. You. Individually. You. He loves this body of believers, but He loves you. He wants nothing but the best you don't settle for this world don't settle for good things he's got the best for you listen listen for his voice spend that time in silence see what he has to say to you as the servers come I remind you that this table is, is open for everyone. It's not a renovation vineyard church table. It belongs to no one except our Lord Jesus Christ. And he invites you individually, by name, to come and be a part of this this morning. And don't say this often, but there is something that happens here at this table that I can't explain. I'm sure somebody thinks they know. But they didn't teach us that in seminary. There's something that happens here at this table where we are connected not only with each other, not only with God, but with all the saints throughout all the ages as we come around this table praising, worshiping, giving to Him. As you come, you can drop your uh, 
connect cards and these baskets. Uh, some of you have those rolls of coin for the kids mission project. If you haven't gotten rid of them, I know there's a red basket over at the info counter. If that's too far for you to walk, you can drop them in these baskets up front. That'll be fine. We'll make sure the kids ministry folks get those. Your offerings can go in there. Come to his table this morning. Come to his table this morning. He's, in, he's calling each one of you by name. Our ministry team is stationed around the room here. They're actually in pairs, and I'm going to split them up. I want them to do it individually. I want you to spread out more. I want you to cover this place. If there's an issue on your heart this morning, maybe that prayer that I prayed, maybe something that I've said today, come and talk to one of these prayer ministry folks. This is your time to connect with him. Come to his table just now.